Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bueri, and as always, I'm with a seismologist who looks longingly at volcanologists and their ability to actually predict their natural hazard event, Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode is sponsored in part by SoCal Gas, who's committed to building resilience in the communities it serves. We also thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society through Patreon. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month? Because your support enables us to serve more communities through that nonprofit. Simply go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Now let's get to it. The U.S. Geological Survey issued a statement on January 31st, 2022, that scientists had detected an increase in the rate of, quote, uplift under the Three Sisters volcano in Oregon. Though you may not have heard of this volcano, it's not Mount Rainier, it's not Mount St. Helens, but it has the same potential impact to all Americans when it erupts. Located near Bend, Oregon, these three mountains are part of the Cascadia Volcanic Arc that extends from Mount Lassen in California up north through British Columbia and includes Mount Hood, Mount Shasta, as well as Rainier and St. Helens. This report of, quote, uplift is cause for concern if you know what it means. It was reported through Hans, the hazard notification system, but did not elevate the status from green. Okay, Lucy, what does all this mean? You wrote that for I could say it because I didn't really understand it myself. Why are we talking about it today? This is important because the United States has 169 active volcanoes. Active meaning that they will all erupt at some point in the future. Just remember geologic time. And with adequate monitoring, we can probably predict those eruptions. This type of uplift usually doesn't progress to an actual eruption, but it could. And what does it mean if one of these volcanoes erupts? Obviously, the nearby towns like Bend for Three Sisters or Portland for Mount Hood faces the possibility of lava, ash, or lahars destroying property and endangering lives. And lahars, just for those keeping track, are those superheated mud flows. That's right. Uh, Right, which is basically superheated water mixing with ash, mixing with dirt, flowing down like an avalanche and potentially wiping out a whole lot in front of it. And that's for what's happening close by. But what about the rest of us that may not be close to one of these? Right. We all face the disruption from ash. Remember that planes can't fly through ash columns and ash falling on solar panels, for instance, can knock them out. And there are a lot of solar power farms in eastern Oregon to feed the big sets of computer servers for companies like Facebook. And what does that ash do if it gets into like an air filtration system? Is that also an impact? It can be damaging when ash is really falling. People are told to stay outside. And I remember Mount St. Helens, even though it's down near the Oregon border, people in Seattle were being told to stay inside because the danger of breathing in the volcanic ash. Okay, so we know this macro impact to the greater area, but what is uplift exactly? And what does that mean? Uplift literally means that the surface of the earth is being lifted up. And what does that mean, though, relation to a volcano? Because, you know, there's always movement of the earth. Earthquakes do movement. Why do we call it uplift for volcanoes? The most likely reason for uplift to happen under a volcano is that the magma under the volcano is moving closer to the surface. Obviously, that increases the chance that the magma might actually make it to the surface of the earth and therefore become lava. In this situation, the magma chamber is often pretty far down, five or 10 kilometers, and therefore just seeing uplift says something's shifting, but we don't know if it's gonna make it to the surface or not. 
but it could progress. And to know something has changed and could get worse, but keep that information quiet, that doesn't seem like good public policy. So the U.S. Geological Survey eventually established this hazard notification system, also called HANS, to deal with this communication problem about volcanoes. The volcanologists are often in the position of seeing something that probably won't lead to an imminent eruption, but it could grow into something bigger, so we're in a place of uncertainty. And uncertainty is exactly what we fear as human beings. I mean, we talk about it episode after episode. It's a theme we keep coming back to. Right. And because scientists like uncertainty, we often find that what seems appropriate to us can blow up when it's given to a larger audience. Is that a pun intended there, Lucy? Obviously. Okay. <laughs> so my first exposure to this was actually with the volcano at Mammoth Lakes in the 1980s. And I think I'll just stop here. I think most people aren't aware that the Mammoth Mountain Resort is a volcano, an active volcano, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you go to the top of Mammoth Mountain, take the gondola up there and stand and look east, you will realize that Mammoth Mountain is on almost perfectly circular chain of mountains that extends out into the valley east of the Sierra Nevada. And that perfectly circular ring was created something like 600,000 years ago when the volcano erupted, producing ash that we still see in the geology even as far east as the Dakotas. So this is a very big volcano at one point. The last eruption was much smaller, but it was only 500 years ago. So it is an active volcano. And it began really being studied in the 1970s. And in 1980, a series of three magnitude six plus events occurred. And the scientists at the USGS issued a statement to the press that Mammoth Lakes was under a volcano watch. Not surprisingly, the city of Mammoth Lakes was really unhappy to find out about this from the press created a lot of animosity between the scientists and the city to the point that when I visited there in 1984, I was warned to not let people know that I work for the USGS or I might not get served in the restaurant. This seems fairly clear, right? A lack of information with local people against or sort of from the government or scientists created that sense of animosity. That's right. It's something we've seen more than once. And actually, I can feel good about the USGS because of what happened after this. One really good scientist, a guy named Dave Hill, who also understood people, took on the role of chief scientist for the region. He went to Mammoth, he talked with the community, and he stayed there and talked over and over again and let people yell at him. He explained what we know and what we don't know. I mean, there really is a magma chamber, an active magma chamber beneath their town, and the magma was moving up. You can't sit on that type of information. But what they did is they came up with the color system that was later adopted for terrorism warning, you know, green, yellow, orange, red. For the volcano, greens, everything's cool, and red is you actually see the lava on the ground. And the scientists agreed on criteria to set the different alert levels, and the city agreed on what they would do in response. They figured out how to handle that communication, doing it before the event so that they knew that they were communicating well. And so far, Mammoth has never actually gotten even to yellow. I do remember one Thanksgiving weekend in 1997 where we hovered at the edge of the criteria of moving to yellow for a week before things settled down. Dave Hill talked about feeling chartreuse most of the weekend. Should we take that extra step? But it was Thanksgiving, 50,000 visitors. How would they deal with having the alert? It never actually quite got there. And that was rather a last hurrah for the current episode of unrest at Mammoth, and it's gotten pretty quiet in the last 20 years. 
So what resulted was a system set up to communicate in advance with people so we don't have confusion or opacity with what the information is that they need to know. And I think you can go online right now and search Hans, H-A-N-S, and USGS together and see the status of every volcano in the country. That's right. We are tracking the magma moving. In most places, nothing's going on. And you can know that the scientists are watching the places where, in fact, movement has started to see if it's getting near the surface. You know, and that's the key. The reason that volcanoes can be predicted is the magma has to move from depth to the surface for an eruption to be able to occur. We have something that we can look for. Hans also means that if something is really happening at a volcano in the United States, the USGS will be getting that information out through that system quickly. You will not be hearing about a real event first on talk radio. Or social media. We'll leave it there for now. And until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. 